Welcome to the First Love Church. We invite you to personally discover the life-changing impact of the Word of God as you listen to this message preached by Bishop Richard Ayi. Bishop Richard Ayi serves as a bishop in the First Love Church, a denomination founded by Bishop Dag Heward-Mills. Bishop Richard currently pastors the London branch of the First Love Church, a vibrant campus ministry with young, energetic people full of first love for the Lord. We believe this message will give you hope, light and love to strengthen you in your Christian walk. Now listen to Bishop Richard. Behold the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness cover the people but the lord shall
Do you believe in dreams? The 
Holy Spirit stream. Thousands of men are running down the street. They didn't know that the road was leading to a steep and deadly cliff and into the lake of fire.
ready at 20 for the work of God. Anybody want to work for God? There is nothing I can't do. Sure. 
kingdom of our Christ ready at 20. Are you ready? So I believe the ashes, maybe those at the back can be moved here. So are you guys ready for the word of God? Are you ready for our pastor? 
Are you ready for our shepherd? Are you ready to hear the word? Wonderful. Wow. So as the word of God is coming to us, let us wave our notepads. Are we ready to take notes? Are we ready to receive? Are you ready to be blessed? I promise you as you have come today, you're not going to leave the same as you have come. So, wow. Shall we clap for our pastor to come? Should we give a mighty, a mighty, mighty, mighty hand clap? You can do better. You can do better. Give your loudest clap. Your loudest clap. And your loudest shout. Hallelujah. Okay, let's bow our heads and pray. We thank you for this blessed opportunity and this great privilege we have to hear your word, to receive your word, and to be in your holy presence, Lord. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come, Lord. Speak to us. Bless us. Teach us, instruct us, Lord, and guide us by your pure holy word, Lord. Thank you for this great blessing we have to be in your presence. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Beautiful. God bless you. And take your seats. Wow. What a blessing. It's a great privilege to be here and to see all the wonderful people of, it's Bradford and Leeds, isn't it? Okay. Happy to see all of you. Good to see all of you. So where are the Leeds people? Give me a wave. Okay. So the rest are Bradford. Okay, FLB. Okay. All right. Thank God for FLB. Amen. And thank God for FLL. <laughs> but it's good to see all of you. Um, it's nice to be here. Nice to see all of you serving God. It's good to serve God when you are young. Don't wait till um, you are old before you decide to choose God. This is the best time to choose him. I used to read, uh, there was a certain tract. Do you know tracts? There was a certain tract that was called, Who Has Promised You Tomorrow? Yep, because sometimes we feel tomorrow is when I'll do what I know is right today. Isn't it? For example, um, sometimes you know you have to tidy your rooms but you always say to yourself that you do it tomorrow isn't it 
And then the term has ended. And then you say, I'll do it after exams, isn't it? I'll get my hair fixed after exams. I'll get this done, yes. So, it's like, it's like a, a natural trend. It's like it will be done later. It's as though later is always the best time. But the best time is now. The best time is now. If you want to do well in this life, always tell yourself the best time is now. Anything that you think of that is good, do it immediately. Don't say, I'll do it later. I'll do it another time. There's a better time coming. You end up never doing it. Any good thing that you think about, do it immediately. As soon as you say, I'll do it later, I'll do it another time, tomorrow is better. You can easily miss out on it. So this is the best time and the best age to serve God. You serve him now, now. And remember that it's going to be now or never. It sounds like a movie, isn't it? Now or never. Okay, yes. So it's now because things get, trust me, I'm a few years older than you, isn't it? Don't you think so? You know or you think so? You know and you think so too. So it means that I've been your age before. I've sat where you are sitting before. Yes, I've been, I've been there. And I'm telling you that it doesn't really get any better in terms of things you have to do and things that have to be done. It gets more and more and even more complex. So when, you see, everything else that will happen in your life after uh, uni life should come and meet God as the center of your life. You should come and meet Christ as the main thing in your life. Otherwise, you are going to crowd the virtue of serving God out of your life. And you discover that there's no time to do the real things and the good thing that you have to do. So you found God at a good time. That's if you found him. Hold fast to it. Like the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58, it says that be steadfast. Be unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. That's what the Bible says. Be steadfast. Steadfast means stay on course. Stay on course. Sometimes you see that exams, dissertation, essays, it it can bump you off for like a week, isn't it? How many of you have missed a Sunday before? Yes. So you see that you've missed, you've missed the Sunday. But the scripture is saying that be steadfast. So it's like after you've missed one Sunday, come back. Come back. Just come back. Don't stay out. Don't tell yourself, I've been to church for a long time, so I can't go again. You can go again. Because the church is then is waiting for you. Just, just come back and come back quickly. Because when the deviation deviation, the side tracking takes so long, it becomes difficult and sometimes almost impossible to recover. So be steadfast. Be steadfast. Some of you perhaps this year, this is, or this term, this is your first time in church. Or this is your second time in church. 
So this is the two and a half, two and a half time. Because you came full, for two full services and half a service. But no problem. No problem. There's provision for you in the scriptures. The scripture says that be ye steadfast. It means that God already expects that. Sometimes you go off a little bit. Go off just a little bit. Don't go off too much. Just a little bit. Some one Sunday. One Sunday, two Sundays, maybe you want to watch uh, Leeds United. I don't know where they are. I don't know whether they still exist, but are they there? They are somewhere. They are somewhere around. Yes. But you want to watch something. Just, you know, you just, you went off a little bit. Please be steadfast. That means stay on course. When you go off course, find your way back. Find your way back. Always find your way back into the church and into the house of God. So, and then it says that always abounded in the work of God. That's always serving God. When you come back, when you come back, don't behave like you now have to start all over again. When you come back, and when you are in the church, you haven't gone anywhere. Stay hot for Jesus. Stay active. Stay alive. Always, always be hot for Jesus. Always. Since I gave my life to Christ in 1985. I don't know. I don't know how old you were then. Yes, I got born again in 1985. Just before I went to the university. Just before. If I was not born again, if I went, I don't know. But because there was no, there was no first love where I went. Since then, I've strived to be hot for Jesus. All the time to be in the forefront. All the time to be in the forefront. All the time. All the time. I've never taken a back seat in the faith. I've never been in the back seat. Never been somebody who is in the background. I've always been in the forefront. And you must always be in the forefront. Amen. You see, one, one, one Tuesday night, I was, I was preaching in the evening service. Are you here? Are you, are you in church? As I was preaching, a certain lady walked in, you know, and I recognized her. I recognized her from university days. I recognized her. I said, ah, that's a lady. I remember she studied pharmacy. She walked in like that. She went to sit down. Somebody had invited her to church for the first time. So after church, I saw her walking towards me. And she came to me. She came, she came to say hello. Her name begins with the letter R. <laughs> yes, R, yes. R, yes. R for Richard. But hers was a lady's name. She came to say hello to me. She, then she said, do you know what she said to me? Do you want to know what she said to me? Do you want me to tell you what she said? Because she remembers me from back in the day. Back in the day. She said, when I was coming, I didn't know who the pastor was for this church. But when I entered and I saw you, I said to myself, she said she said, she said to herself, is this what this thing has brought to this guy? It's like he's done this thing now. From this to today, I've been invited to a church. I don't know who the pastor is. When I entered the church, there he is. He's preaching. He's done it all. It's like since then. Since then. Since then. May somebody also enter into a church once and see you firing away and say that, hey, this guy, he stayed with it. 
stayed with it. Always abounded. Always abounded. Always abounded. She said to me, said, I'm not surprised you are the pastor. Even though I didn't know who was the pastor. I'm not surprised it's you. When I saw you, I said, hey, is, this what, is this what this thing has brought this guy to? He has done this. He has done this. Oh, from then, from then. Prayer meetings, fellowship meetings, church service. You will see me there. You will see me there. You will see me there. I will be in the front row. I will have a part to play. All the time. All the time. Don't be cool in church. Don't be cool in church. When it gets to church, don't be cool. Church is not for church is not for cool people. I was a cool person. I'm still a cool person, but I was hot for Jesus. Do you understand? When I say cool, do you understand? Cool. Don't be a cold Christian. Someone who is not involved, is not active, doesn't want to do anything, doesn't enjoy anything, just flow, just flowing. No, be hot for Jesus. Tell your neighbor, be hot for Jesus. Even the way you are saying it's not hot. Say it in a hot way. You see, sit down, let me tell you something. You know what God says about cool believers? He says that I'll spit you out. In other words, God doesn't like cool Christianity. Doesn't like cool Christianity. He says that, he says that, he said, you were neither hot nor cold. You were lukewarm. He said, because you are lukewarm, he said, I will spew you out. Spew you out. Have you tasted coffee or tea that is lukewarm? It's very difficult to swallow. Very, very difficult to swallow. I don't understand people who drink tea, coffee for a long time. I've not been able to. I'm always asking them, what are you doing with this thing? The reason why when I buy a cup of coffee or hot chocolate, I'm never able to finish it is because of the temperature. Because I can only swallow it when it's hot. When I take one, and maybe I'm talking one, two, I talk a bit, and then I take the next one. "Mm, mm, It's finished. It's finished. That's it. That's it. This morning I bought coffee. I left it in the in the in the place because I took one, two, and I was doing some other things. I had to go. "Mm, mm." It's very difficult. I don't know why people are able to swallow lukewarm drinks. It has to be cold. I mean, if you are cold, be cold. With ice cubes. If you are hot, be boiling hot. Hot. That's what God is asking for. God wants hot believers. Hot. When you come to church, be hot. Be hot. Be a hot Christian. Be hot. Don't be lukewarm. Don't be in between. Don't be someone that is there and is here. That is, it's neither there nor here. Being Christ and being Christ as a hot burning. When Satan touches you, you should say, What did I touch? From today, Satan will not be able to touch you. Yes. She ought to touch you, she ought to play games with you. When he touches you, say, In fact, when a demon makes a move on you, there should be a meeting in hell. Satan should call that demon and say that, look, what, what have you done? Why didn't you ask us permission before you went by that house? Look at the trouble you've created. 
you'll be that type of Christian. Devils will be afraid of you. They will not play with you. Tell your Bibles today to John chapter 7. Okay, I have a, a short message to share with you. You are blessed already, isn't it? How many of you are blessed already? How many of you don't understand blessing? Okay, no problem. John chapter 7, and I'm reading from verse 37. Are you happy to be in church? I'm also happy to be with you. I thank God for your elder Nelly for the great work she has done. Is it, not, is it not nice to see a young lady serving God? And all the and all the other elders. The good work, the good work you have done. Hallelujah. God bless you. And may God anoint you for greater works. I told you it's good to serve God when you are young. You are more attractive. You are more beautiful. You look nicer than any other thing. Okay, John 7 and verse 37. The title of my message is, Is Anyone Thirsty? Is Anyone Thirsty? Okay, the scripture says that, John, John what? What did I say? John 7 and verse 37. Okay. It says that in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying, said of a truth, this is a prophet. Hallelujah. So, our message, our message, our brief message today is a question. Is anyone thirsty? Is anyone thirsty? Is there a thirst in any man's life or in anybody's life? And the answer is what? Yes. Yes. Many people are thirsty. Many people are thirsty. That is why that is why there's first love church. That's why there has to be first love church. And that is why there has to be first love churches or groups or whatever you call it. Because many people are thirsty. Is anyone thirsty? The answer is a resounding yes, yes, yes. People are thirsty. Why do we say people are thirsty? I'm going to give you reasons why we say people are thirsty. Reason number one. Is anyone thirsty? Yes. yes, we are all thirsty. The first reason is that we are all thirsty. Everybody is thirsty. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 5 says that. Will thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven. Everybody, everybody is looking for something and especially what we don't have. Do you realize that what you don't have looks attractive to you? 
Slim people want to put on weight and people who have put on weight want to become slim. Is it not, is it not a wonder in this life? Small people want to become a little big and big people want to become a little small. It's not, it's not a wonder. As soon as someone, as soon as you don't have something, you want exactly what you don't have. People with long hair are cutting their hair. And people with short hair are buying long hair. (laughs) People with boyfriends want to break up. And people without boyfriends are trying to get boyfriends. So, is anyone thirsty? Yes. We are all thirsty. We are all thirsty. We are all thirsty. It's a, it's, a, it's a common thing you see anywhere, everywhere. People who don't have some, the very thing that they don't have is what they want. It's what they want. Sit down. As soon as, as soon as you say, I don't have this, this person has it. You see, that's exact. You see, the shoe that you don't have, that's the shoe you want. And the shoe that you have, that's the shoe that the other person also wants. You don't have red shoes. So you see, you see someone wearing red shoes. You said, ah, I'm going to buy red shoes. I'd like to have red shoes. Have you been to a restaurant before? When you've ordered your food? And then someone's food comes. And then you ask the waiter, what is that? What is that? What is that? Can I have that? Can I have that? One day I went to the restaurant with my family. As soon as we entered, I saw a family sitting there eating something very interesting. To eating there, to seeing some meat, chunky. Chunky meat on a board, not in a plate, on a board. So I said to my son, Have you seen that thing? He said, Yes. I said, Don't you think we should have that? He said, Yes. So he said, Let's ask the waiter what it is. Then I said, No, I know what it is. So I took the menu and I said, this is it. This one. When he comes, don't answer the question. This one. This is the thing. So the waiter came. He said, what do you want? I said, I want this one. Number 33. I can't remember the number, but it was a number. He said, okay. I said, times two. The others ordered their things, but myself and my son, we said we are, so we're sitting there. Our board is coming with the meat. Lo and behold, the waiter appeared with two white plates. Ourselves that 
Okay, it's of me saying that I've ordered the wrong thing. I, I was going to blast the waiter that, why, why is it not on the board? <laughs> but he said, no. The one on the board, it's num- if it's ours on number 32, it's number 32. He said, we've ordered the wrong thing. He said, what you've ordered? It comes in the white plate. You should see, you should see up there. And it looked, it looked miserable. Our choice looks so, it looks so miserable. That they were, I, I'm sure I was, I was this, how I was eating in the restaurant. I was looking at somebody's plate, somebody's table. We always want something that we don't have. As soon as you see it, it looks attractive. It looks beautiful. It looks nice. I was going to tell you a story. You know Adam and Eve. You know the fall of man. The thing that caused the fall of man was just one thing. Which you must always be careful about in your life. It is what you don't have. That's what, that's, that's what, that's what the enemy used. That's what Satan used. To cause the fall of Adam and Eve. When he came to Eve, he said to him, Did God say you can't eat from this tree? Meanwhile, if there were, if there were a million trees, a million trees, God has said you can eat from 999,999 trees. You can eat from all. All. Everything. You can have everything. And then Satan turned their head. Satan has a way of turning your head to one thing that you don't have. One thing that you don't have. One thing that you don't have. That really, that really is not making any difference in your life. And that really won't make a difference in your life. And that the people who have that one thing will like to have everything else that you have. But he, he's, good at, he's good at turning heads. The devil, the enemy, he's a head turner. He turns your head to what you don't that, That's what causes discouragement. Depression. Loss of hope. Loss of energy. That's what makes people tell themselves, I'm not doing well. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really, because they, they are just focusing on one thing. One thing that they don't have. Just this one thing. That's what makes people ungrateful. It makes people ungrateful. It, may, it makes people selfish. It's like I'm just thinking about myself. I just like myself. Because they don't have one thing. Clever, clever, clever creature. The serpent. The devil. He came. He just, he just said to Eve. You have everything. But you don't have this one. If you have this one, it will be good for you. It will be good for He has been telling that story till today. He has been telling that story till today. People, sometimes know that people don't like God. But it's like, I can't serve God because I don't have this. If only I could get this. If only everything could be perfect. I'll always be in church. I'll always be there. But church is not for people who have everything. It's actually for people who don't have all. So that God can bless you. And God can help you. The thing that you don't have. Always be careful. Because that is the thing that can be. There are people who have, who have a beautiful life. Satan is always telling them lies. That your life is not complete. Your life is not nice. Your life is not good. If only you had this. If only your legs were like this. If only your eyes were like this. If only you also have this thing. If only you also had a mother. If you also had a father. If only you had, I've seen people who are depressed. They are depressed because of the absence of a father. 
But let me make an altar call now and ask how many people have fathers. You'll be, you'll be surprised. When I say fathers, you, you understand what I mean? Everybody has a father. Otherwise, you can't exist. You came from him. One day. One day. No, I'm saying one day you came from him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but a, lo- a lot of fathers have disappeared. By the time you even knew your name, you don't even know where he was. He has disappeared. Either mommy has driven him away or, or whatever. I mean, I mean something. Something has happened. Just go, it's, it's, it's so, is it not common? Is it not, do, do you want me to ask here for you to say that it's common? No, I won't ask. It's so common. But you see people who are, are terminating their lives. Meanwhile, they have every other thing, including the greatest gift, which is salvation. You should thank God that you are saved, if you are saved. You should, you should, you should really be eternally grateful that of all the good things anybody can ever come by, you have found it. You must be special. You must be special to find salvation. Sometimes look at your well, look at your friends. Sometimes even, look, look, sometimes even don't look too far. Look inside your family home. And ask yourself, how many people understand God and understand Christ and have received the gift of salvation the way you have? And you see that you have the best. Yet Satan has a way of keeping you thirsty. Telling you you don't have that. If only you have that. If only you have that, you would have been happier. Be, be. Can I give you an advice? Be wary of the thing that you don't have. Don't let it control you. Because it can destroy you. It can make you lose God. When you focus, concentrate, think about, meditate on just one thing that you don't have. That's what my, my favorite hymn. Should I tell you my favorite hymn? Even though I don't know how to sing it. But my favorite hymn, I just like the words. It says that count your blessings. Name them one by one. And you will see what the Lord has done. Just come. This, instead of taking stock of things you don't have. Take stock of things that you have. Count the things that you have. Count it. Count the things that you have. Count the blessings that God has brought into your life. Count how God has helped you. How God has blessed you. How God has honored you. How God has promoted you. How God has taken you far. The opportunities that you have. One of the things, in life, one of the blessings in life is called opportunity. It's called opportunity. Check the opportunities that you have. Sometimes what the news Watch other countries, other nations, other continents, and see things that some of the continents that you come from. <laughs> see the things that they don't have there that you have. And just lift up your hands and say, Thank you. Instead of having, dis- instead of having discussions with Satan about things that you don't have, a discussion with Satan is when the emphasis is on what you don't have. Are you there? Are you with me? Yes, Number two. Is anyone thirsty? Yes. yes. The answer is yes. yes. All the poor, all the reasons. When I ask the question, the answer is yes. yes. Is anyone thirsty? Yes. yes. Why? Because we are all we are all trying to quench the test by seeking knowledge. The world is trying to quench the thirst by more knowledge. 
more knowledge. You see, sometimes we have the thirst and we feel more knowledge will solve that problem. More knowledge. Knowing more. Learning more. Studying more. More degrees. More inventions. More adventures. More exploits will solve. It's like, it's like, it's like we don't want God. But if we can know more about God's creation, then we will be okay. So you see, there's an endless pursuit of knowledge. Knowledge and inventions. You, you will live long to discover new things. One of your surprises, you see, one of your surprises will be that in your lifetime, there will be an invention that will amaze you. You'll be, you'll be so amazed that when you were born, when you were growing up, these things didn't exist. But suddenly, you see that, like, like, in, like in my lifetime, I've, I've lived, I've lived when, when, when I started life, when I became aware of myself, there was no mobile phone. Can you believe it? Can you believe that mobile phone is an invention in my life, in my lifetime? I remember when mobile phones were invented. It's like, there's, a mo- there's something called mobile phone. That it has no cable, has no wire to it. Then, then came texting. Texting was limited to a number of letters. So when you're constructing, when you're constructing a sentence, you have to cut short and manage it because it couldn't take a lot of letters. After a certain letter, you can't. Your sentence won't be complete. You can't finish the message. So you have to summarize what you are saying. Then it changed. That now you can send a lot. Now you send essays. It's like all these things, all these things is man trying, trying to know more, find more, discover more. But we are never satisfied with it. We are never, we are never, we are never pleased. We are never satisfied with it. It's still, it's still, there's still a search. It's like there's something that we have to know. There's something we have to know. There's something we have to learn. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 7. It says that ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Ever learning. All the time learning. But never able to converge. There's a point of convergence. Help your neighbor to stay awake, okay? It's not, it's not the person is not well. It's the heat, isn't it? Yes, but we'll finish soon. It's nice to be in heat hearing the word of God than to be in heat. Um, have you not done other things in heat before? Okay. You've done many things, isn't it? In scorching sun. Heated, heated cars. Mercy Lord. So, so I said, there's a point of convergence that when you get there, when you get there, you will discover that I have found the truth. I have found the truth. Any other thing is secondary. Any other kind of knowledge is secondary to this experience. Knowledge is like an experience. To know, to know something, you've got an experience of it. You've experienced the thing. So it's like, it's like as I have experienced Christ, it will be very almost impossible for somebody to offer me something else to say this one is better than Christ. You can't beat Christ. 
You can't beat Christ. You can't beat your knowledge and your experience of Jesus Christ. When you experience him, you know that you have got to the point of convergence. That is, you have come to the knowledge of the truth. The knowledge of the truth. The knowledge of the truth. Which is, which is different from knowing why aeroplanes fly. And knowing why birds are able to stay in the air. Knowing, you see, you see like, like uh, when, when they, are, they are inventing aeroplanes, especially things like uh, fighter, fighter jets, aircraft, they watch birds. Recently, I saw a documentary on, on a raven. And, I, I, and they were comparing a raven to a particular type of aircraft, war, war aircraft, aircraft for war. And they're showing that when the raven feels that there's an attack, sees that there's another bird coming to attack, it has a way of turning upside down. It turns upside down and it's, it's just, oh so that they showed they showed an aircraft fighting and then another an enemy aircraft coming. They just turned. Like, so they compared the two that this 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 is the bed and this is the aircraft. You just turn upside down, move it, and come back. They got it from the raven. Knowledge, you see, knowing, knowing things, discovering things. But but who made the beds? It's God who made the beds. So it's like we are learning from God without receiving God. Learning from him. Learning from his creation. What he has done. Without acknowledging that ha, who is the master teacher? Who is the master teacher? Who is the master architect? Who is the master creator? It's that like we, we, have, we have to just run to him rather. And so when, when you discover Christ, the day, the day you discover Christ and you receive Christ, you discover that you have come to the place that is called knowledge of the truth. It's like now you have, you have discovered the greatest, the, the, the knowledge, you, you found the knowledge of knowledges. If there's a word like knowledges. It's a word, isn't it? Yeah. It's a word. Number three. How many points do you want today? Ah, I didn't read Ecclesiastes 1.18 to you. Look at Ecclesiastes 1.18 for our second point. It says that for, for in much wisdom is much grief. And he that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow. Hey. Maybe you don't know, but the more, thing, the more things you know in life. That's why sometimes your parents are quiet at home. Because they know things you don't know about. You are indeed, isn't it? That's why you dis- you dis- even you, there are times that you are cool. And there are times that you are cool. Why are you cool? Because you know more now. You understand more now. So that even your birthday is coming. Everybody is happy. But you know more about age. So even though they are happy and saying that, hey, you are, you are, you are, you are, you are how old are you? 22. Even though you are 22. You be saying, you be thinking. After twenty two is twenty three. After twenty three is twenty four. After you say to yourself, you are just three years away from twenty six. And then now you know more. So you'll be thinking, will someone like me? Because the 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 people that you know who were eighteen are now twenty, and you can tell. The shape you used to have, they now have it. So the competition is tight. So, so you see, when, when you know more, 
you can easily increase knowledge, sorrow because you know more. You know the implications of what is happening. You know what it means. You know what it means to be 24. Before you didn't know. Your sixth birthday, you didn't know. You didn't know. You said, you're six. Like, I'm happy I'm six. Let's cut the cake. Let's get on with it. Sing the happy birthday song. Let's cut the cake. But now, 26? You say cut cake at 26. You see the person taking the picture and say, smile. smile. I mean, who, who encourages a birthday person to smile? They say, smile. But you see, you, you know more. You know more. As they've written a big 26 on the cake. And you are cutting and say, hmm. You are, you are thinking, what's your career? What job do you have? Where do you live? How much money do you have? What card you, you, I mean, you are thinking of all the things you've dreamt of that you wish you had at 26. So, when knowledge increases, sorrow can increase. But you will do well. Amen. You will not be sorrowful. Amen. Because you know the truth. Amen. How many points do you have? Two. How many do you say you wanted? Huh. Is anyone thirsty? Yes. Look, this morning I saw someone preaching. In the morning service, I was amazed. I was amazed at the title of his message. Do you know the title of his message? He said, I'm going to give you 100 scriptures on healing. I thought he was joking. But I watched the full service. He gave all 100 scriptures. And he gave, he gave them, it's like 100 points. I was amazed. Sunday morning service. Sunday morning service. The people in the hall were about 50,000. Wow. Yes. So, so, this, so, I'll give you 100 scriptures on healing. And he started. Number one. Number two. I, was, um, I said, I said, to us, I, I said, I'm going to watch this guy. See if he will do it. He did all. Wow. And he prayed for them after. Wow. I don't have 100 points though. <laughs> I just heard somebody shout 100. That's why I remember that thing. You don't try a pastor with a number of points. You'll be surprised that he actually has it. (laughs) I saw one this morning. I saw him. An American. Hundred. Hundred, yeah. Hundred. I said, it it was a beautiful service. I said, one day I'd like to preach like this. I mean, a beautiful service. Just reading hundred scriptures. Scripture after scripture. He wasn't talking. Scripture. Number two, scripture. Number three, scripture. Number four, scripture. Wow. Wow. It's just beautiful. Is anyone thirsty? Yes. Yes. Because men try to quench their thirst by seeking pleasure. First Peter chapter four, verse three. It says that for the time, for the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles. When we walked in lasciviousness, lusts, excess of wine. How many of you have walked in excess of wine before? Excess of wine, drinking, then revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries. Wherein they think it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you. You see, when, when you haven't come to the knowledge of truth, that when you haven't experienced God or Christ, you, you try different options. One of, one, of, one of the things is pleasure. You seek pleasure. You look for drinking, partying. You feel, you feel partying, 
partying can solve it. You feel drinking can solve it. Because if, if everybody is thirsty. We said that we said that in our point number one, everybody is thirsty. So when you are thirsty, you try to quench the thirst. Have you been thirsty and tried Coca-Cola before? And what happened? You felt more thirsty. Have you been thirsty and you tried orange juice? You felt you will feel more thirsty. Have you been thirsty and you tried Fanta? You will even feel thirstier. To solve the problem of thirst, you need water. You need water. You need water. If you drink Coke, you keep drinking it. You keep drinking. When you finish, you register with um, Easy Gym. <laughs> Men seek pleasure because we try things. It's like there's a vacuum in everybody. What can solve it? There's an emptiness. What can solve it? What can fill it? That's, what, that's, that's what before you became a Christian. You used to look at Christians and, and think, why are they happy? Why are they happy? You used to think they are idiots. Idiots. It's that we're all struggling in the library. We're all learning. We can't understand the course. And you, you are happy. When you finish, you are smiling. When you finish, you've dressed up Sunday morning and you are going to church. You used to, what you think? Before it became a Christian, when you think of Christians, they, if the Christians look like, they look like airheads. It's as though they don't live in a real world. No, they live in a real world. The difference is that their thirst has been quenched. Exams, job, career, cars, all the other things are like extras to life. It doesn't satisfy. Nothing satisfies like Jesus. Nothing satisfies like Jesus. If you want to be satisfied, try Jesus Christ. That's why believers will look, they will look, they will look like they are out, they are out of their bunkers to you. Before I became born, I used to look at Christians. I used to say, but these people, these, these, these people, why, why don't they want to just study? Now we're not in school to study. Why, why don't you want to study? I mean, study? Be serious. Always going for meetings, always doing this. All that. You don't like going here. You don't go here. You don't. I was. I kept wondering what what is wrong with these people. But they, they were they were not thirsty. The difference is that they are not thirsty. They have found. They have found the living water. They have found the water that when you drink, you will never thirst again. You will never thirst again. When you drink that water, you won't thirst again. Others, they are trying. They've tried women. Women women have tried men. Now they say men can't satisfy, so they are trying women. Men have tried women. They say women can't satisfy, so they are trying men. They've tried alcohol. The people have tried. I mean, the, when you look at the world, your conclusion is, your conclusion should be that they are thirsty. They're thirsty. They want something to quench their thirst. They want something to quench them. And that is where you come in. You have to tell them what satisfies. You have to tell them what will quench their thirst. What will quench their thirst. You've had sex. I mean, some of you, Fabi, your parents don't even know. You've had sex. Ah, yeah. oh. It didn't change you. It didn't change you. You've done the time. I mean, if your parents discover what you, what you have done, will mommy not have a heart attack? She'll say, my baby. My baby, when did you start? 
But you started long time ago. Long, long time ago. Long time ago. You see, my baby, who talked? One mother, one mother asked me, she said, she said, but, she was talking about her son. She said, but, where did he learn how to do it? <laughs> I couldn't answer, I couldn't answer that question. She said, where did he learn how to do it? Because, you see, she's, think, she's thinking of her baby, her baby boy. A baby boy who today has become fornicious. She's, she's thinking about myself. My baby boy. It's like I, I carried him nine months in my belly. I breastfed him. I took him to nursery. I took him to year one, year two. I took all the way year six. I took him to secondary school. I visited him. I took him to uni. I visited him. So when did at which point at which point did he get a teacher for this program? Parents can't even imagine it. You can't even imagine it. Those of you who have been on that road, when you give birth, can you imagine that your child will go on the road that you are, you have you you have a master's in? But it's the first. It's the first. The first. It's like there's a need. I need to quench this thirst. Let me try this. Let me try this. Let me try this. That's why people have people try crazy things, crazy things. Crazy. They try music, dancing all night, dancing all night. When we come to it and we are, we are dancing, the people are surprised. But used to dance all night. I mean, used to enter from 11 p.m. and dance. You would dance on your two feet, dancing, shaking your head. We don't even know what you are shaking. You are shaking your head. You see cold winter night in a skimpy black dress. Skimpy. In in a long queue. As though you're an Eskimo. Just waiting to enter and to start. Not in your head. Dancing against the beat. When you see them dancing, as though they are they are they are deaf mutes. It's as though they can't hear the music. They are just when the music is going this way, they go this way. Against the beat. Against the beat. Huh. Next one, number five. Is anyone thirsty? People are thirsty because people are trying to quench their thirst with sex. Proverbs 7, verse 25. Let not thine heart decline to her ways. Go not astray in her paths. For she has cast down many wounded. Yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is the way to hell. Some of the ladies, he visit them, they say, oh, we are going to hell. You see, the flat number is um, 22. But in, in reality, it's not 22. It's the way to hell. Yeah. If your flat number is 22, I don't know you. Okay, please. Please forgive me if you are 22. It's a number that came to my mind. But if it's you to repent, maybe God is saying something to you. He said that it is the way to going to hell. Going down to the chambers of death. 
some of some of the places, some of the apartments, some of the rooms. When you enter, when you enter, you can see blue bed sheets, Egyptian cotton. But it's actually a chamber of death. Chamber is an old word for room or space. It's a place of death. It's like your Christianity, your relationship with God is about to be slaughtered. You die there. You die on that bed. Yes. You die on that bed. Your life and your case evaporates on that bed. On that silky blue Egyptian cotton bed sheet. You lose it all. You see, you become quiet. With a, with a beautiful, beautiful naked girl lying on it. The Bible says, I'm reading the Bible. I, I'm reading the Bible. It says, her house, her house is the way to hell. If you want to go to hell, go to her house. And then going down to the chambers of death. Her house is the way to hell. Her house, her house is the way to hell. If you want to serve God, that's not the house you go to. Yeah. If you want to live for Jesus, that's not the place you go to. If you want to have eternal life, that's not the place you go. That's not the type of person you even entertain in your life. You don't even entertain such a person for even, for even one day. Because the Bible says that her house, her house, number 22, Charlton Street, is the way to hell. Look, if your house is on Charlton Street, I don't know. Okay. It's a house. Yeah. It's the way to hell. That place. As you've dressed up. Put on your cologne. One here. One here. And then one here. Yes. Do you know why you put one here? So when you get there and she's sitting and you give her a hug, she'll smell it. In. So you put one here. Yes. Yes. So you put one here. So when she comes, she gives a hug. She gives a hug this way. She got it. If she's sitting and you bend, she get this one. <laughs> I don't know what you are learning, but I'm teaching you the way to hell. I don't know what you are learning. You will never go to hell. Stop going to that house. Do you understand what I'm saying? I said stop going to that house. Stop. There's nothing like I'm going to be strong. No. If you go, you won't be strong. If you go, you will fall. The solution is don't go to that house. Don't try it. Don't say I'm going to help her. Don't help her. Don't help her. Do you know her? Do you know who she works for? Do you know who she reports to? Do you know her boss? Because she wears lipstick, so you think she's okay. You don't know her boss. You don't know who she's working for. Don't try and change her. Do not go to that house. Stay in your house. If you are bored, sit on the park. Because that house... That house is the way to where? How many of you would like to go to hell? 
Nobody wants to go to nobody wants to go to hell. Nobody wants to go to hell. That place is their way to hell. You shall escape it. Amen. Next one. Is anyone thirsty? Yes. We all thirsty because we are trying to quench our thirst by endless hard work. <laughs> endless, endless hard work. Endless hard work. People work tirelessly. Tirelessly. Because they feel, they feel we have a sense of purpose. Like, I have to work hard. Wow. I have to work hard to fill, to fill that vacuum and to fill the emptiness. Hmm. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. And verse 8. People work for long hours, long for years. And it's like they still haven't found what they are looking for. They haven't found what they are looking for. Sometimes when you look at some of the lecturers, they even tell you stories. I've been here for 25 years. I've been doing this and you're you're wondering, why is this person not happy? It's like the person has been doing something that he claims he really likes, but you can say he's not happy. Still searching for things. Still searching. When you look at... I, I had a lot of lectures. If I all my lectures, I, I would not wish to be like even one of them. I just said to myself, just teach, just teach me and let me go. Just give me the notes. Let me write and let me go. You see, your projector is not working. I've seen a lot of projectors that don't work, especially at open days. When they are, try, when they are trying to sell a course. You see, the projector is not coming. And then somebody will come from the back and come and touch one button like that. And then the thing comes on. It's like they are there, but you feel that. What is this person doing? So like, what, what, what are you doing? What are you looking for? Tried and tried, done different things, but never satisfied. Jesus is the one who satisfies. That's my point. Did you find Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 8? He said, there is one alone. And there is not a second. Yea, he has neither child nor brother. Yet there is no end of all his labor. Let's see. Neither is he satisfied. Neither is his eye satisfied with riches. Neither saith he. For whom do I labor? And bereave my soul of God. This is also vanity. Yea, it is a sore travail. I read it again. You didn't understand it. It says that there is one alone and there is not a second. But sometimes people endure loneliness. Loneliness through hard work in offices. I worked, I worked in a place once. I can't tell you because this is messages travel. I worked in a place once. The chief executive, the chief executive, he was there. He was in the same office space with us. He lives, he lives out of his car. Sometimes we'll see him Friday. You know the gossips in the office. So Fridays, we'll be at the window. They'll be looking at him on the car park. You see, he's moving from some clothes from his Land Rover into his Jaguar. It's like the car, the car is his house. So he moves a few. So Sunday, by Monday, you see, he comes back with a Jaguar. And then you see by Friday again, he's moving. So it's like this weekend, I'm using the Land Rover. So I'll be moving this into here. I mean, it's like tirelessly just work, 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 work. It's like no home. No home. 
toothbrush, toothpaste, smart, everything. A lot of my colleagues had their everything in their drawers. When they open their drawers, they say, toothbrush, toothpaste, towel, sponge, everything is there. Everything is there. Everything is there. Everything is there. They just pop, they just pop out around seven o'clock, go and have dinner, and just climb back. By the time we get there in the morning, they've gone to have their shower and sitting there as though they've gone home and they've also just come to work. It's as though they come to work early. They live there, working endlessly. So there is one alone, not a second. Yea, he has neither child nor brother. He hasn't got, he hasn't got family. <laughs> Yet there is no end of all his labor. Neither is his eye satisfied with riches. But some people earn thousands of pounds, but they are not satisfied. You will think that if you get a fraction of what they have, hey, you will throw a party. I know you. If you get it, you will throw a party. <laughs> but they are not satisfied. Neither saith he, for whom do I labor? Because he hasn't got a child. He hasn't got a brother. People get to a point where they work for their children. A lot of your parents work for you. They're just working to look after you. They don't have any aim. They don't, they don't have any need. They don't have any need. They, they sometimes, sometimes even the dream, the dream, the dream of, you see how now, sometimes when you, do, you don't have much money, you dream, one day I'll get money and I'll buy myself a bucket of KFC. A bucket. And sit behind it. And a bottle of Coke. But you know an evil in this life. By the time you get to the place where you can afford a bucket of chicken and a bottle of Coke, then cholesterol will be telling you that, no, you can't eat it. No, no, no. You can, you can afford it, but you can't eat it. Just buy, just buy two chicken wings and ask for, and ask for water. <laughs> it shall never be your story. A lot of people who can afford things can't even enjoy it. They can't even enjoy the things that they can afford. Yes, cholesterol, weight. So now my weight, I have to check my weight. I have to be like this. When now you can afford the dresses. Then it's like now the weight has taken the shape away to wear that dress. Kaba shaba kita yabaya. Your story will be a good story. So he can't, he, he can't even say to who am I laboring for? And bereave my soul of good. This is also vanity. Yea, it's a sore travail. So men work hard to survive. He said, there's no satisfaction. And then finally, <laughs> is anyone thirsty? Yes! We are all thirsty. <laughs> Only Christ can quench the thirst of man. Only Christ can quench the search of man. John chapter 4. And verse 14. But whoso... God bless you. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. But whosoever drinketh the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. 
shall never thirst. You know, today I just want to present to you the water that when you drink, you will never thirst. That water is Jesus Christ. Receive him into your life for salvation, for eternal life. And then work for him. Work for him. There is no greater satisfaction than working for God. Work for him. Choose God to be the one that you work for. Choose him. Choose him. In London, when I used to go to work, all my bosses, they used to say, they used to say, Richard, you have another job. Richard, and it was true, I had another job. I was a pastor. That is where I got satisfaction. The, the, the work I used to go, I just went to work to pay my bills. Yeah, I went to work and I always had a job. When I look like I'm not having a job, I look for another job. I don't see why losing one job should cause depression. I'm saying, mm, I don't have a job. When you don't have a job, when you are hungry, what do you do? Don't you eat? When you are sleeping, what do you do? Don't you sleep? So when you don't have a job, what do you do? Get a job. Get a job. Get a job. One day I was looking for a job. I wasn't getting the job. Then I got a job somewhere. Which was not a, which is not a job I would choose. Do you know the job I got? Do you want to know? If you wake up, I'll tell you. Do you want to know? Do you really want to know the job? I got a job in a printing press. Then England was hosting Euro 96. Were you born in 96? Yeah, they, they hosted a Europe, uh, Europe football competition here. It was called Euro 96. They had a song, Football is Coming Home. Football's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming. Football's coming home. Yes. So I, was, so I was in the printing press. I used to work there from 6 p.m. to 10. Quick night job. Printing posters. Football is coming home. Euro 96. But do you know something that I learned from that experience? Because I said, I don't like this job. My brain, see, when you're working, your brains are not even working. So it's very, it's very tiring to work in a place where you don't think. Because I wasn't thinking. It's just paper in, paper out, arrange. You see, this is a defect. Throw it away. It's, I mean, it's, you can't think. But I said to myself, when they pay me, I've never got to the fuel pump or any shop where the person at the till has asked me, this 20 pounds, is it the 20 pounds from surgery, from working in a bank, from working at a printing press, from cleaning? Nobody ever asked you that. 20 pounds is 20 pounds. That's why I'm standing for. I can do any job. Any day. It doesn't affect me. Because I have a higher job. I have the best job. I'm secured. I'm already secured in the best job. I'm secured. I'm secured. I'm not thirsty. When it gets to job, I have the best job. I have the best. I have the best job to come and preach to you. I have the best job. Can you give me a better job than this? So when I get another job just to pay bills and to buy lollipop. And ice cream. 
I used to, I used to look at the notes in my head and say, and say to myself, why is, why is this? I said, nobody has ever asked me before. I've never been asked in Sainsbury's. This 20 pounds you are giving to us, how did you get, get it? Is it from working in the bank? Is it from, is it from, is it from uh, uh, being a consultant? Is it from being a surgeon? I mean, how did you get, I've never been asked before. I know that all of us in the queue, our money is money. Wherever you get it from. I don't understand why people will cry. You are broke and you are crying. You don't want to do certain jobs. No. It's, it's maybe a complex. You have a complex and an insecurity. That's why you fight to have something before you can eat. After you are saved, work for God. You will not have a complex. You will not be intimidated. You will be, you will be satisfied. I mean, you will be satisfied. You will be satisfied. You will be happy in this life. Stand to your feet and let's close off. Jesus satisfies. Tell the person standing next to you that Jesus satisfies. Yes, that is Jesus. The thing you are looking for is in Jesus. When you find Jesus, you'll be satisfied. Close your eyes and just thank God for this afternoon. Thank him for his word. Thank him for the blessing of his word. Thank him for the discovery of new knowledge. That knowing Jesus is knowing the truth. That you will come to the knowledge of the truth the knowledge of the truth that experience, thank him thank him for salvation thank him for saving you thank him for delivering you from all those things all those things all those things you tried all those things you wasted your time and your effort and your life on and it never satisfied thank him that he saved you from all he saved you, he delivered you from all he delivered you from all he saved you from all He set you free from all. He delivered you from all of them. Thank him. Thank him. Ask him for Jesus. That Jesus will satisfy in every aspect of your life. Ask Jesus that Lord, please satisfy me. Please quench my thirst. Let me see in you satisfaction in every aspect of my life that I haven't seen it. Pray to him. Pray to him. Pray to him. We are just close enough. Pray to him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, Father, I thank you for these precious people and these wonderful people that you have brought together today, Lord. Let them know your peace. Let them know peace. Let them that are disturbed, let them have peace, Lord. Let sudden peace come into their lives, oh God. Let them find answers. In the name of Jesus, Lord. Let them find answers to the questions that life poses to them, Lord. To the challenges that student life poses to them, Lord. To the challenges that their normal life presents to them, Lord. Let them find answers, oh God. Give them answers, Lord. Give them answers. I pray that you will find answers. That you will discover answers. I pray that you will no longer be a wanderer. But you will be an established person. Jesus in church and in God. Thank you Father for peace that you bring to your people and answers that you bring to your people in the name of Jesus. Now while every eye is closed, 
and every head is bowed. I want to pray for you. I want to say a special prayer for some special people here today. Today is your day to receive this special prayer. While every eye is closed and every head is bowed, please. You are here. Maybe somebody invited you to church. Maybe today is your first time, second time. Doesn't matter. Maybe you've even been going to church. But deep in your heart, you realize that you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. When we say Jesus satisfies, you don't understand. You can't relate with it. Today, God wants to give you that opportunity to receive Jesus into your heart and into your life. That he will begin to work in you for satisfaction and for peace. Maybe you used to have a relationship with God, but you've lost it. I also want to pray for you. If you're here like that, while every eye is closed, every head is bowed. You want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I need Jesus in my heart. I need Jesus in my life. I want Jesus in my life. I want to be saved. I want my sins to be washed away. Pastor, please pray with me. If you're here like that, you want me to say, Pastor, pray with me. Just lift up your right hand wherever you are. And I'll pray with you. Your right hand. Lift up high. God bless you. God bless you. I can see those hands. God bless you. Lift up high. No, no, don't clap. Lift up high. Pastor, pray with me. I need Jesus in my life. I need Jesus to be the center of my life. I need Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I want my sins to be forgiven. Just your right hand. Just your right hand. Don't say tomorrow. Don't say another time. Remember I told you now is always the best time. Now is always. Your relationship with God is strained. It's strained. It's virtually non-existent. Maybe you've never known him. You've never had that experience before. Say pastor pray with me. I need Jesus in my life. Just your right hand. God bless you. God bless you. You can join him. You can join him. Pastor, pray with me. I need Jesus. Just your right hand and I'll pray with you. Lift up high. Lift it up. Lift it up. Don't put it down. Lift it up. I'll pray with you. I'll pray with you specially. Today is your day. Today is your day. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Now listen to me. Listen, all of you that have lifted up your hand, I want you to do one more thing. I want you to come to me right here in the front. Come. Yes. Come. Do your hand up. Come. Come out of your seats and come. Don't change your mind. Come. Come. You lift you have your hand lifted up. Come. Come. Ask the people in the way to excuse you to come. Maybe you didn't even lift up your hand, but you want me to pray for you. Come as well. Come. Come. You have your hand lifted up. Come. I'm calling you. Come. Come to the front. Yes, come. Just as I am, sing it. Just come. I'm waiting for you. Maybe you didn't lift up your hand, but you want me to pray for you. You are the reason why I'm here. You are the reason why Jesus died on the cross. You need Jesus in your life. You need Jesus in your life. Don't say tomorrow. Don't say another time. Don't say next week. Don't say later. It's now. It's now. I want you to come. I want you to come. Just come down. Just a few steps. A few steps. Jesus died for you. You just need few steps to receive him. I want you to come. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. One more soul. One more soul to surrender to Jesus today. One more to surrender to Jesus today. Come to Jesus. Come. Don't say tomorrow. Don't say another time. One more. One more to come to Jesus today. Come. 
God bless you. God bless you. You know, you don't have a relationship with God. You don't have a relationship with Him. You want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I need Jesus in my life. Thank you. Every eye closed, every head bowed. I want to give you a last opportunity. If you are debating within yourself, you're not sure, you would like to come, this is your chance. Just walk down quietly. Just come. Maybe you're debating within yourself. You are checking. I mean, it's like, can, should I go or should I not go? Look at me, everybody. Open your eyes. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I'm, I'm, I'm bargaining for your soul. I'm not bargaining for money. I'm not bargaining for um, sugar. I'm not bargaining for croissant or um, rice. I'm bargaining for your soul. I'm not, I'm not even bargaining for you to get first class, for you to get 2-1, for you to get good jobs. I am bargaining for your soul. The part of you that will live forever. I need you to understand that this is the most important part of this service. That you will have Jesus, the one alone that satisfies the way, the truth, and the life. His name is Jesus. I'm bargaining for that soul. You see, one day, one day we'll all drop dead. One day we'll all be dead. One day, give us 70 years from now. Most of us in this room will not be here. We'll be long gone. We'll be history. Add 70 years to your life. This will be history. One day you'll drop dead. Young people die. Old people die. This morning, I, I, it popped up on my phone. A 17 year old has been shot dead. I don't think anybody plans at 17 to end his life. We all don't know when it will end. But whenever it ends, one thing you must be sure of is that you are saved. Is that you have Jesus as your savior. I'm making my final call and my last call. If you know you're not sure you're saved or not. You want me to pray with you. You want Jesus to come into your life. I want you to come. Come out of your seat now. Come. come. I want to ask the person standing by you that are you born again? Are you saved? Ask the person before we pray. It's so it's so important. That's why I'm taking my time. Ask the person. Ask the person, are you saved? Are you born again? If they are not, tell the person that you know what? I can walk with you now. You've walked with people to nightclubs, walked with people to do bad things. You can walk with somebody to give their lives to Jesus. If the person is not sure, the person is not sure. Tell the person, come with me. I want you to walk down with the person. We are singing one more time, just as I am. Just one more time as I'm waiting for you. You are not sure. The person next to you is not sure. Come with that person. Come. Come. We've done crazy things for madness. Now it's time to make a step for Jesus. Will you choose Jesus today? Will you choose Jesus today? If you are choosing him, come quickly. Come. We are about to pray. We are about to pray. Come to Jesus. Come. You are not sure? Come. You'll be sure today. God bless you. Let's bow our heads and pray. If you are seated and you can stand, please stand. Let's stand together in this very important time. Say with me. As well as those in front and everybody in this room say they say heavenly father thank you for today i bless your name for today thank you for jesus christ 
Say it, say it, say it audibly. Say it out. Don't don't think it. Say thank you for Jesus Christ. Who died on the cross for my sins and rose up on the third day. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are alive. Please come into my heart. Please come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. Say, from today, Heavenly Father, I will serve you. I will obey you. I will no longer serve Satan. I am born again. I am saved. Say, Heavenly Father, please write my name in the book of life. Say, thank you, Father, for accepting me and making me a child of yours. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for these ones. May they be established in you. May they be established in your house. Thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit that has begun in them today, Lord. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. May they be planted in your house. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody said a loud amen. A good amen. Wonderful. God bless you. We have these gifts for you. Congratulations, you are born again, you are saved, you are a child of God. Give you a special book. It says, Read your Bible, pray every day. That's what you have to do from today. Congratulations. God bless you. Congratulations. God bless you. Congratulations. God bless you. God bless you, my friend. We hope that you've been blessed by this message. For more information, follow us on social media. Search for First Love Church London on Facebook and YouTube and First Love UK on Twitter and on Instagram. Have a blessed week. It's real.